How's everybody? Good to see you all today. Um, so we're going to start this way. Um, my cat, um, um, excuse me, I'll start, let me just start over. I was looking after my brother's cat when he called me to see how she was. I had to say, she's dead. My brother said, oh my gosh, you don't break bad news like that. Well, how do you do it then? brother said, well, you say, you know, that you're afraid you have some bad news. Your cat escaped outside, chased a possum up onto the roof. Unfortunately, the cat fell. And while you did everything you could, the cat couldn't be saved. I said, I understand. My apologies. Brother said, anyway, how's mom doing? Well, she was up on the roof chasing a possum. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, we have been going through the book of Genesis. We had taken a little break over Christmas, but we've been going through Genesis for some time. And um, when I uh, started this series, I had titled the series uh, Dysfunctionality, and you thought your family was messed up. Um, And for the month of January, we have been looking at some of the stories of Jacob and Esau, these two brothers uh, in the book of Genesis. They were twins. Um, born to Isaac and Rebecca, and um, what what I decided to do in my preparation, I, I was reading these stories and I was noticing that there were some larger themes that really would allow us to talk about some issues that sometimes we face um, or the people we work with might face, um, and so I thought we would look at these stories and kind of talk about these themes, larger themes, and apply them to our daily lives. So last week, um, when we were together, we learned that Jacob um, was his mom's, Rebecca's favorite son, and that she and Jacob schemed to steal uh, Esau's birthright and family blessing. And uh, we talked about how um, so many of the life issues that we tend to deal with tend to be generational. And so if you were here, you know, we talked about how the apple doesn't seem to fall very far from the tree. Um, Well, we left the story with Esau ticked off at his brother Jacob, and we pick up today with this verse. And we are going to look up um, and read a little bit of the story, but... Um, Let me just share, here's the verse where we're going to pick up today. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme, I will soon be mourning my father's death, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Well, that's a good place to start, huh? And so um, we are going to read on, um, so you got some page numbers up on the screen. Uh, There are Bibles around you, Church Bible, Recovery Bible, if that's what you have today. And let me read on a little bit of this story. But Rebecca heard about Esau's plans, so she sent for Jacob and told him, Listen, Esau is consoling myself by plotting to kill you, so listen carefully to my son. Get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. When he calms down and forgets what you have done to him, I will send for you and come back, for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, 
I'm sick and tired of these local Hittite women anyway. I would rather die than see Jacob marry one of them. So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padam Aram, to the house of your grandfather Bethuel, and marry uh, one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner, for God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Pedam Aram to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother, son of Bethuel, the Aramean. We're going to stop there um, today. So when I was reading this story, um, I thought, you know, we sometimes deal with issues that um, cause us to wonder if it's time to go. So here's what we're going to talk about. Um, Running away to start over, does a new place solve my problems? Anybody here ever wondered that? And uh, today we're going to um, kind of, you know, search that question together. So we're going to start with our question, um, which is related to starting over. Here it is. How have you had to start over? So it's a pretty self-explanatory uh, question. Uh, you can say a word about, about that. Um, if you'd like to answer, you get Flint and Bill's attention. They'll run the mics. You stand up, speak directly in the mic, and give us a brief answer. Uh, my name is Brooke, and I would say yes, because I went through addiction for about a year and a half, and I'll be a year sober February 6th, and it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy, but got my son back and everything, my other two also. Um, I've had a really hard time with going back to the same place, because I've seen the same people, and they're still doing the same things, and if you want change, it helps when you have a new place, or go back home to family, or you know, put in the work to get your kids back. It's a whole, whole new level. So I'd have to agree. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Brooke. It's awesome. All right. Hi, my name is Chad Nutt. Um, I'm originally from Long Beach, California. I moved out here 28 years ago. I've been meth free ever since. Um, I'm working on, on just trying to struggle. Every day is a struggle, but, um, I can say that I am chemical free. And I enjoy um, living my life in such a manner. Ah, awesome. Thanks, Chad. Welcome today. Hi, I'm Keith. Um, I know for me, I struggled through addiction too. And by the age of 16, I already went through 21 different states. And that's because I kept trying to find somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. But every place I went, there when I... You know, until I could be able to give myself to God and to be able to do what he was asking me to do and to look at that, I, I, no matter where I went, there I was. So Yeah, we're going to talk about that today, of course. So thanks, Keith. It's awesome. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Holger. And yes, um, in my life, I tried to start over many times, but... I noticed that I started over with the same thinking was not helping me. Huh. So what I had to do is change my mind to be, to be able to start over and fresh. Yeah, Thank that you. was excellent. Thank you. Good share. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, Johnny. Good morning. My name is Johnny. Um, starting over, yeah, at 48 years old, I started out with, uh, started over with nothing after being at the height of my career. And... Uh, Starting over, I went to a different town, but I went with me. 
mm-hmm. and it took a lot of uh, trials and errors. But you know, getting sober, I'd done it a hundred times, had that down pat. I just couldn't live sober. And once I figured out how to do that, I was able to start over and be true yeah. to myself. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Johnny. Was there somebody else over here? No. Got time for another one? All right, Lisa. I'm Lisa, and um, after being diagnosed with stage four cancer, um, I didn't think I'd be here very long, and so um, thankfully I healed. That was uh, in 2012, and um, I really had to start over and try to find out what God wanted for the rest of my life. So that got really challenging because I didn't know that there would be. So it's kind of a yeah. backwards one. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. All right, time for one more. Anybody else want to share? All right, Jamie is going to share over here. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, yeah, I've tried to start over many times, like Johnny and everybody else has said, with uh, running from my addiction. Um, but, you know, I don't know. God is God's planted me here for a reason, and... Sometimes I have to start over two or three times a day because my life is a mess. And, you know, I'm just grateful that he gives me the opportunity to be able to do that. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate We're going to wrap up there. And I appreciate everybody's um, transparency and honesty. And, um, you know, if you're on Facebook, you're welcome to write an answer to that. Or um, I know that um, those of you who are currently watching this coming week in places of incarceration, um, you know all about starting over. And, uh, you know, this is a reality in our life. One of the realities in life is that there are times that come in life where we need to have a fresh start. And um, I'm old, so I've had a lot of them, you know. So, for example, in 1983, I got married. Marriage is kind of a new beginning, um, as you uh, perhaps know. Um, it's a fresh start. Um, so was having children a few years later. In 1989, um, long time ago, after finally finishing seminary, we moved to Botno, North Dakota, and I started my pastoral ministry. In 1994, um, a fresh start brought me to Fargo. Um, These were significant fresh starts in my life, Uh, but there are smaller ones that also come along the way, like a new friend, um, a new activity you get involved in, social activities, or a new purchase. Um, one that was kind of a little bigger than, you know, those even was like when my kids moved out. You know, that's a whole, you know, new gamut again uh, in life. Of course, there are also mess-ups and screw-ups that also give us opportunities for fresh starts. Mistakes that we make, little ones and big ones. Sometimes... Uh, they tend to be imposed upon us, like uh, you're fired, or perhaps um, you commit a crime and you start over and it's imposed upon you. And often uh, we experience a new beginning when we lose loved ones. Many people in this Lighthouse family struggle with addiction issues, mental and behavioral health issues, And I know that some of you come here with the hopes that maybe this could be a fresh start. One of the common conversations that I have here at Lighthouse Church um, when I meet new people um, is they're, you know, often in transition. 
and I ask, what's going to happen next? You know, where are you going next? Um, you know, do you need to have a fresh start? How much of a fresh start do we need? That's always an interesting question. And um, let me just say that I know there's a variety of situations that kind of lead us towards new beginnings or fresh starts. Um, If you do struggle with an addiction, uh, chances are, like me, you've had a lot of new beginnings um, and attempts at fresh starts. Uh, Trauma can cause that. Um, Mental health issues. Legal issues, I already mentioned. Uh, relationship issues. If you're in a in a difficult relationship, or if you're in a marriage that has really gone sour, you may be facing questions like, "Do I stay in this, or do I have a, a new start?" If you're in an abusive relationship, chances are you should have a fresh start. Um, when we lose loved ones, it's always a chance to to kind of start new, even though we don't want to. Um, you know, when if you're in a difficult job or a career that you're not happy with, sometimes, you know, having to start a new career can be a new, be- new beginning. And um, sometimes there are just seasons in life that give us new beginnings. Here's the thing. When facing life issues and struggles... We sometimes ask the question, should I run away and start over in a new place? So I'm going to give you the answer. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it depends. Huh? So for Jacob in the story that I read... It was kind of an easy decision. You remember verse, you know, 41 from that time on. Esau Esau hated Jacob because the father had given Jacob the blessing. Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So here's the thing. If your life depends on it, maybe it's a good thing to start and move to a new place and start over. Um, So it depends Um, There is no simple answer. I am going to tell you something that you already know, and it was already alluded to in uh, a couple of the answers that we had. You know, one of the things I mentioned that sometimes people will come here to Lighthouse. Um, Some of you who are incarcerated right now, you may um, end up coming to Lighthouse, and we'll have this conversation someday. Um, We have this conversation like, what are you going to do next? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to settle? Um, and some of you who have, you know, come here in the midst of struggles, you may be facing the same kind of thing. And, and you know, here's what often happens. You know, I'm in Fargo now, and I think, well, you know, maybe a fresh start, maybe living somewhere else. So let's say I'm going to move to Bismarck. We'll pick Bismarck. And, um, you know, I'm going to give Bismarck a try. And then, you know, things kind of cause me to start to wonder, do I stay in Bismarck or should I go somewhere else? I think a new start again. And so maybe, I don't know, we'll pick a, even a bigger city in you know Omaha Nebraska and so we try Omaha Nebraska out and that's when and then we think you know this the Twin Cities everybody goes to the Twin Cities it's a happening place you know I know people in Twin Cities so I go to the Twin Cities and then you know some for some people like you just get tired of winter so let's try Miami Miami sounds good today, doesn't it? Um, and, uh, and so we try these different places. And here's what I want to ask you. Um, what's the common denominator in all of them? Me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, somebody introduced me to this, this phrase in the recovery world. Wherever I go, 
there I am. Can I suggest that you and I could do the exact same thing with uh, jobs? This job, this job, this job, this job. With relationships, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this girl, this girl, this girl, this girl. You know, we can do the same with almost anything. How do we know whether a fresh start or starting over is the right thing? Um, Because the problem is, is that we tend to take ourselves with us when we go somewhere. Or when we enter a new relationship. So, does a new place solve my problems? No. That we know. Might help. Doesn't mean you shouldn't go, but it's not going to automatically solve our problems. Can I run away from my life issues, my mistakes, or my sin? No. Um, They're going to go with you. But that doesn't mean that a fresh start may not help you heal. So what in the heck do we know then? Um, Well, here's one thing that we know. We know that we have a God who's all about new, new beginnings and fresh starts. Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23 say this, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Now that's cool. I just want to... I just want you to agree with me. That's cool. Like, you know, God starts fresh every morning and he allows us to start fresh every morning. And so, you know, we have a God who's all about fresh beginnings and new beginnings. So let's get practical for a few moments. When I was um, going to um, treatment my first time around for my own uh, addiction to alcohol, Uh, my addiction counselor said that, Dale, um, you're going to need to change everything in your life pretty much if you want to stay sober. And I thought to myself, yeah, right. Right. Um, What does that even mean, that I need to change almost everything in my life? And um, years later now, I realize that I've changed almost everything um, in my life. Not everything, but there is so much that is different. And one of the things that I have learned um, over the years is that recovery is a process. Recovery is a process. Now, when I say that, I'm not necessarily um, saying that, that um, you know, we're just defining recovery from an addiction standpoint. That when we say that recovery is a process, um, Mary back there on the PowerPoint, um, we are saying, we're not necessarily saying that sobriety is um, a process. In fact, um, let me just say that sobriety is a process, but that's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm not saying that anxiety and depression being lifted in your life is a process, even though that that is true. What I'm saying is recovery is a process. So what I'm, I'm not saying is that, you know, relationships and getting healing in relationships or having less stress in the house or a better marriage is a process. It is a process, but what we're talking about is recovery. And recovery we would define more as healing and growth and serenity. And my experience is that recovery from a standpoint of just me as a human being growing and being better 
feeling better, life going better, finding more serenity. It's a process, and because it's a process, it needs prayer and good counsel and support and time. The problem is that, because I know most of you in this room, some of you pretty well, the problem is, is that we want it quickly. We want it, you know, kind of in the easier, softer way. Because we are certain that the grass is greener on the other side. Or maybe it's January. The snow is whiter on the other side of the street, right? And we want to have something that helps us fix things right now. That place, that job, that relationship. If I just get that, then I know everything is going to be better. So here's what I want you to know. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. And so um, I want to share with you just a, you know, three things that I, I hope can be helpful. And you know, if you're in a place where you're kind of dealing with these questions, do I, do I make a fresh start in something? Um, I want to encourage you with these three things. If you're somebody who maybe is sponsoring people or working with people or working in a program that's helping people, um, can I just suggest that these might be helpful in some of the work that you do as well? Um, So here's the first thing I want to say. I almost start with this every time. Do an honest assessment of where you are today. If you are really thinking, would a new start in something, you know, be of benefit to me, uh, do an honest assessment of where you are today. We do this all the time. We stand up on this continuum, this line of, of growth. That's where I used to be. Not there anymore. That's where I'm going. I'm not there yet. Um, but one of the things that I think we sometimes do is we think too much about back there and up there, and we don't really take time to do an honest assessment of where we are today. Where am I today? But not only like where am I today in, in kind of in a recovery standpoint or a growth standpoint or a you know, peace, you know, and peace with God standpoint, but how did I get here? That should be part of the assessment. What brought me to the place I am today? What do I have going for me today? Who are and where are my supports And do I have people who will give me honest feedback? And do I ask them um, about their thoughts as I'm struggling to make a decision? Here's the thing. Maybe you're a lot better at this than I am. But I tend to be better at asking people their advice after I've already made my decision. Or after I've already made my mistake. Or um, I have people all the time, you know, who come to me and and they'll say things like, um, I just knew the relationship was going to be the the thing that got me better. And now I've been in that relationship and it hasn't gone so well. I don't know what I was thinking. And I, every time somebody says that, I look at them and I think, I know what you were thinking. I know what you were thinking getting into a relationship when you weren't ready. You know, the the reality is is that we are really good about talking to people when we're after the fact. So do you have people that you can go to? These are important questions, the self-assessment. Do you have somebody that you can go to prior to um, making a decision and they will give you honest advice? Let me tell you a little bit of my own story. 
So um, my uh, struggles with alcohol and some of the mental health things I was going through um, in the church world, in town especially, uh, were pretty well known. I had been in this town for 20 years at that time. And um, I'm just going to say this honestly. There was a big part of me that would have loved to have run away and started over. Would have loved to have run away and start over. Where I don't know anybody. Um, And uh, the reality is, is that it wasn't that simple. So these decisions are rarely simple. So for example, um, I had a family here. Um, I had a home here. I had lived here a long time. Um, And I also, as I began to think it through a little bit, I also realized that I was getting sober here. Did I want to leave that? I have some support here that was already being built into my life, even though I was very early in the process. From From a spiritual standpoint and a biblical standpoint, um, there was a Bible story that became very important to me in that, that period of my life. Um, and even if you haven't spent much time around the church, you might even know this Bible story. It comes from 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, we're not there yet. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 19, um, we have this story um, where, um, where Elijah, the prophet Elijah, is um, um, going about doing the Lord's work. By the way, in the Old Testament, um, nobody wanted to be a prophet because it was a bad job. You were telling people that they were wretched sinners all the time. Elijah was literally engaging battles with the, the... the prophets and the priests of other gods and you know it's almost like a war and and so Elijah was just getting worn out and um, in some things that were going on in his life um, Elijah made the decision um, that he was going to run away and hide seemed like a good idea at the time I seems like good ideas to me sometimes and so um, Elijah runs to Mount Sinai and he hides in a cave on a mountain no matter how bad it's gotten for you you've maybe never gone to a mountain and hidden the cave but that's what he did and um, you know he just decided I, I don't want to do this anymore and there's this great um, this great passage Uh, This great story where God comes to him in the cave on Mount Sinai. And here's how it starts. He comes to Elijah and God says, why are you hiding, Elijah? You know, we've looked at questions like that from God before. And it, it always intrigues me because we know why. We know that God knows why Elijah was hiding. So why does he ask Elijah, why are you hiding? Gives him some dignity, I guess. Um, but also, maybe he wants Elijah to learn something. Why are you hiding, Elijah? And you know what Elijah does? is He whines. He says, God, I've been serving you all this time, and I've been doing my best, and I've been engaged. Now they have a bounty over my head, and I'm afraid, and I think they're going to kill me, and so I'm hiding in this cave. And um, God, God tells Elijah, I want you to get out of this cave. I want you to go out and stand on the side of the mountain. So Elijah goes out the mount, on the side of the mountain and he's standing there and it says that this huge like hurricane wind comes along. Then it says, but God wasn't in the wind. Then it says there's this huge earthquake that comes along and it says that God wasn't in the earthquake. 
Then there's like huge fire that comes sweeping through. But God wasn't in the fire, it says. And then Elijah hears this whisper. That's kind of what we tend to focus on. Because I think God whispers to us some more, but uh, quite often. But, but um, God whispers to Elijah. And, and he asks the same question. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And guess what Elijah does? He does what you and I would do. Well, I, I, I was trying to do your work and things weren't going well. And now there's a bounty on my head and things are just not going well. And then we have the verse that um, is going to come up on the screen. It's a great verse. We often miss the verse. This is the verse that stuck out to me in my reading. It says, Then the Lord told him, Elijah, go back the way that you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. In other words, I want you to, I want you to go back the way you came. What, what's going on in the way he came? They want to kill him. I want you to go back the way you came, and I want you to do what I'm telling you to do. And that's settled on my spirit. And, and I started to ask the question personally, do I run away and try to start something new? Or is God asking me to go back the way that I came and now do what he's asking me to do? I was remembering uh, this week a story uh, that Don, um, a friend of mine, told me. Don was somebody I met early in my recovery. He actually helped start Lighthouse. He was around for a few years till his passing. Uh, he was really a kind of a just a good friend of mine. And and um, Don would tell the story um, about a time um, in his own journey, fairly early in his own journey when he had this dream and he said this dream was so vivid and he said he was walking down this road and he came to a fork in the road and he said I came to that fork and I didn't know which way to go and so he said I I asked God God I don't I don't know which way to go which way would you like me to go and um, he said it it came as clear as as day he said Um, God told me to turn around and he said, um, I don't want you to go on either fork in the road. I want you to go back and clean up what's been behind you first. And he turned around and he said the, the road was littered with bottles and syringes. And he realized that what he had to do first was to work through some of the past before he could move forward. Man, that's tough stuff. So where are you? Here's the first thing that we do. We do an honest assessment of where we are today. Secondly, um, I think we learned this from Jacob. Take responsibility for your steps forward. Take responsibility for your steps forward. Jacob had a plan. Jacob knew what was coming next. He knew what he had to do, and he moves forward following that plan. Um, You and I often need to stop blaming other people. We need to Stop playing the victim and saying, well, if you had my circumstances, um, we just need to accept responsibility as we move forward. It might be that the relationship that you were in, just it went sour and it's not going to heal. Learn from what you did to contribute to that relationship before you move forward. 
Take responsibility. It may be that the job that you're, you're in right now may not be the job that you want. It may be that you've got let go. Um, learn from the experience. Take responsibility for what you, how you contributed to that situation. And then learn from it and take responsibility in moving forward. If you are dealing with addiction or mental health issues, um, we learn early on that we may have diseases that are not fully, in fact, not under our control at all. Um, But we will learn and we can know that in order to move forward, we have to take responsibility for our own actions. We have to get involved in a recovery program. We have to take the meds that we're being prescribed. We have to do counseling or support, you know, and build a support team that will help us. So take responsibility for your steps forward. Finally, third, um, if you go establish community right away, If you go, establish community right away. Jacob knew right where he was going. He was going to family. And that the family would help him and would take care of them. And so, um, you know, when you go, if you go, if you are new in town and you're starting over, establish community right away. Now, it's pretty common for people um, who um, are in kind of a transition and they come through Lighthouse. They will often ask me, you know, I'm moving to to um, Miami, or I'm moving to um, Bismarck, or Minot, often it's somewhere in the state, and they say, you know, can you help me find a church like Lighthouse? And unfortunately, um, there are not very many churches like Lighthouse. There's lots of good churches in this country, um, but there are not many like Lighthouse. And so that's not always easy, and we have to kind of weigh those things. But but my encouragement would, would be to you to find a community, find a church home, you know, find a place where you can settle if you are going to start over. Um, one of the things that I do want to say specifically to those of you who have addiction issues and who are in or searching for recovery, um, your life depends upon the community support that you're going to receive. And it's one of the most important decisions that you're going to make. In fact, oftentimes we talk about needing to separate from our friends, to separate from the bad influences. That's really important. Just as important or more important is the people that we're now going to connect with. Can they be the people who give us support and um, who help hold us accountable, give us encouragement, and I would actually say who can help us grow spiritually as well um, in this journey of recovery and faith. Um, You know, choose carefully if you struggle with an addiction because your life depends upon it. So here's how I want to end. Um, want to end this way. Um, I, I, it's kind of an interesting topic. Should I run away and start over? Will that help? Um, here's, here's what I want to say in, clu- in conclusion. Um, in case you're wondering, you can't run away from God. And I think it's important to say that because I think some of you have tried it. Maybe you're trying it today, and here you are. Um, But you can't run away from God, and I can tell you, I can promise you with certainty that God will never run away from you. In fact, I'd like to have you read a few verses from Psalm 139. It's my favorite psalm. Uh, If you can grab a Bible and turn there, Psalm 139. And um, I want to encourage you to take this psalm with you this week. We're only going to read a few verses. You can read it all. Um, But it's... 
it uh, is maybe something that we can reflect on this week as we think about this idea of fresh starts and new beginnings. I just want you to go know that wherever you go, um, God's going to be there ahead of you. And you can't run away from him. And if you've been running away from him and now you've kind of settled back here and, you know, you're, you're, you're open, I just want you to know that God knew that this day and this moment would come in your life and he's been here waiting for you all along. Verse 1, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day and darkness and light are the same to you, want you to know that no matter where you go, you can't run away from God. And the reason why God is always going to be there is because he loves you. I tell you this all the time, God's love for you is unconditional. He knows what you've done. He knows where you're going. He, there is nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more than he already did yesterday. Nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more tomorrow. That is the reason why he is with you. That is the reason he's going to be wherever you go. And so stop hiding. I want you to know that as you leave this place today, as you leave this place today, wherever it is that you're going to go, um, when you get in your vehicle, when you walk home, God's going to be there with you. If you get home and you're going to watch a football game today, um, you know, those of you wearing Viking stuff, I want you to know that God's going to be there. So watch your language while the game's going on. <laughs> you know, when you go to bed tonight, God's going to be there when you go to bed and he's going to wake with you when you get up in the morning. God's going to be at work and whatever the struggles and the challenges and the joys that you're going to have this week. If you are watching online, um, God doesn't dwell in a church. He dwells in our hearts and he's been with you the whole time while you've been home. If you are watching this coming week from incarcerated prison, it may feel at times that God is not present and that he has forgotten you. He has not forgotten you. He is there with you and he is there with you because he loves you. Are you with me? God's going to be wherever you are. He's not going to abandon or forsake you because he loves you. He loves you and he loves you. Amen.